Today on People with Passion for Pets, we talk to Jan Robinson. Jan has turned her lifelong passion for pets into a canine healing business. She offers canine fitness and health coaching, as well as massage therapy. Like I said, I went to your website and looked uh, a little bit, and you do so many different things, things that uh, some of them I've never heard of, like the cold laser therapy. So, you know, I'd love to talk about all of those uh, great things that you do. And I got into cold laser because I was showing dogs and they were charging a lot of money just to, you know, cold laser the dogs before they went in the ring. And I noticed that the improvement in the movement was huge, even if they had nothing wrong particularly but because I come from a PT background I always look at a dog walk first I don't really want anybody to tell me anything so I look at the dog move and then I say to the owner you know has he had an injury or is it on the left side and they go yeah how did you he hurt himself eight months ago or they may say yeah he just done it last week it's always good to get confirmation and then um, what we do is a scan on the dog that shows up areas of inflammation or pain and then we do the photo uh, biomodulation which is called laser therapy and what they've worked out over the years is that um, using light in a certain spectrum of light certain frequencies will heal certain conditions anything from pain and inflammation to uh, Lyme's disease for instance if you're trying to treat that so whilst I'm not a vet um, I, I my training is um, with a veterinary uh, neurologist and chiropractor and he was using an activator for adjustments along with cold laser so that's how I came across the cold laser and it's phenomenal just seconds 26 seconds and huge results you know swelling goes down it's like a miracle and of course you know it's been used in humans in chiropractic for humans for for a long time so a lot of people that do dog sports I'm assuming come to you yeah yes I'm known throughout the whole of the states now because it's not really a diagnosis it's just what I see so I back up with what I see by feeling and and also talking to the owner of course you know go through in a little bit of history but it's quick because um, the methods that I use I can work on a dog that might be a little off because he's not jumping correctly or you know jumping far enough and I'll work on them and I've had one the biggest distance I've had is nine feet oh wow yeah yeah wow, so you feet, get yeah. known for that it's like oh Gussie Jan you know <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, just real quick, if you enjoy our content, please give us a thumbs up and share it with your friends and family. And please subscribe to our podcast. Okay, let's get back to the interview. I have a big um, background in different types of dog sport. You not only know how to treat the dog, but you also understand where these people are coming from and what they're looking for. You know, and that's why I went into canine fitness, because there's certain things that you can modify um, in the training that will prevent injuries, you know, working with some fitness equipment. That's very yeah. cool. So you, you really have an all around approach. It's, it's right. all coming together. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And then I, you know, I had a dog that came, he was um, a Dutch shepherd and this dog was just like out of it. He, he was really aggressive and they said, we don't know what's wrong. You know, he's got really aggressive, put him on the table and they put a muzzle on him. I did a couple of corrections on him and he like screamed, you know, it, it didn't really hurt that much, but it was more when you put the body in a different position, it's like, oh, you know, it's like that more than pain. And the next day the dog came to me unmuzzled and it was like a different dog. Wow. That's the kind That's of thing. Amazing. You can get some very extreme results or very subtle results. You know, I was always an athlete my entire life, really doing running and cycling. 
So when I got dogs at eight years of age, I started, you know, playing ball with them all those years ago. Of course, now sports have evolved. So I, I've got a really good Frisbee dog, which is my um, German short hair. And Blitz was also a good all-round dog. He did fly ball, Frisbee and dock diving. And it does help you to understand if you actually do the sport, it does help you to understand you know what might be going on in the dog <laughs> my motivation is to get other people's dogs to jump really well or to show really well to move really well that's my passion whereas before it was always my passion to win and i see it in other people and it's like no nah, it's too much work <laughs> <laughs> but it's really cool because again as we said earlier because of your background and because you have personally done all those things and been been in all those sports you really know what the dogs need and you have that experience, so that's really neat. So let's talk a little bit more about, um, so other than the, the light therapy, you also do massage therapy and, and other things to help the dogs? What I do I is a form of uh, myofascial release. Say if the dog is really tight, you know, in the rear, there's certain massage movements that you can do to release that. But there's only one downside with that, that it can make the dog sore for a couple of days. So it's best to have it done, you know, before the event. So what I what I uh, learned was a method called the activator method um, of manipulation of myofascial release. And it's a little pop with a little instrument. And what that does is it will reset those spinal nerves as quick as that. It'll reduce any subluxation, which is where the disc is slightly moved or maybe there's pressure on a nerve and it'll release that pressure really fast much faster than you can even do manually um, and then of course it increases circulation and improves the nutritional uptake you know through the whole of the dog's body so in one treatment that the dog will just look different but it was at a dock diving event and this guy came up and he said oh, I've been watching your work he said um, have a look at this video and he showed me a video of his um, spaniel that he showed that was completely lame well, it had MRIs, they couldn't find anything wrong, and the vets couldn't do it. So I said, well, bring her along, and we're, I'm not sure it'll do anything, but we, it's not going to harm, so we'll try, you know. So I brought her for one treatment, and that dog walked off the table, and I have it on video, completely normal walk. It was wow. amazing. So I brought her back two more times, and every time I go up to Sacramento now, I have to call them and uh, let them know I'm in the area, so I work on all their show dogs. Yeah. Wow, that's neat. And he was he's an ENT surgeon. He says, well, I don't understand. He says, I understand my work, but I don't understand how you could just do that and the dog can walk. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I don't know, but it works. <laughs> so is that something that you can see other than the lame dog, I understand. So if you look at a normal dog, you had mentioned earlier that you can watch the way they walk. So when you see a dog walk, is that where you decide if they need the light therapy, if they need a, a massage, if they need a... Right, exactly. And I always do a cold laser because it will help to stabilize any treatment that I've done because it will reduce inflammation really quickly. It cleans it out really fast and also will reduce any pain. So if you, so, so I guess basically the process where I'm just trying to understand that you do so many things. So someone would bring a dog to you or you might watch a dog at a competition and then you would take the dog, you would see him walk and you would say he needs a, a type of therapy so you would do a type of therapy massage or whatever and yeah. then after that you would use the light therapy to like to chill out the muscle or, or yes, like putting that is that like 
Yeah. Is that like putting an ice pack on them type thing? I'm just trying to make it so I can. Um, it definitely calms everything down okay. um, uh, and reduces pain. So, you know, sometimes when you're working on a dog, you can aggravate okay. uh, the area because inflammation is a good thing. But when it goes too, too much, that's not what you want. So the cold laser will help to stabilize everything. The other thing that I didn't mention that is another very important piece of, um, how can I say, fitness for the dog is, hmm? is the thermoplate. I don't know whether you've heard of that. It's no, vibration. Please. Yeah. So if you, for instance, like before I take this dog out to, for any training, I'll put him on the thermoplate because it's vibration and it will warm all his muscles up. So instead of risking any injuries, you can do that, do a really hard training session and then put them on the thermoplate afterwards to cool them down. It's also really good for shoulder injuries or any kind of injury that they have. Humans as well. Wow. So that I incorporate that in my fitness thing. So when, when I have dogs, you know, and I set out a, fit, a course for them um, to doing fitness training, then, you know, I incorporate the thermoplate as well as cold laser and all of that. So. So let me let me ask you about the thermal plate. Then is that kind of like stretching for humans, but it, it loosens up the muscles for the dog since you can't say go and do your stretches? Is that what that is? Um, yeah, they just stand on it. It's just okay. a, um, they actually have one at Planet Fitness, but it's not this. It's not the same as this one. Uh, this one is was um, developed in the equine world and then down to dogs and humans. So it's much more vigorous in what it can do. And it has many, many settings, um, you know, again, for the, for the frequency of the circle of vibration that it's, that it's running. Because it runs on just a circle that vibrates. You can stand something on it and it doesn't move. It's amazing. And yet so, you can feel it going right up through your body, you know. And nutrition is pretty important. Okay. And, um, you know, getting the right supplements for your dogs, things like that. Um, well, let's talk about that a little bit. Um, I know that for showing you absolutely understand nutrition. I learned the hard way when I was uh, selling dogs and training protection dogs that the look of the dog really meant a big deal. And I didn't understand that until I actually had a nutritionist tell me that I need to change my dog food from sawdust to real food. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And it was amazing because the results that I saw, no one could ever convince me that a good dog food is not important. Yeah. And I think um, some dried is okay, you know, mm -hmm. and some dogs do better on dried. Say if they have a kidney issue, you can't really give them raw food because it's too much for their system, you know. Um, so I'm not anti-kibble at all. I think it, it just has to be the right diet for the dog, you know what I mean? But I prefer raw. So. Does it um, does it take a while to move a dog from one food to another? What what would no? No, not at all. I don't. I've never done that. Even with even with dried food, I just change it. And that's kind of what we figure is that if you're going from, I get very explicit, but if you go from garbage food to quality food, do it now. You know, yeah. so yeah. you know you can't go bad with eating good food. So as far as allergies, um, we hear and there's people that have a lot of allergies for their dogs and they're not sure if it's a meat or a chicken or the grass. I mean, we were up in, in a particular place and our dog had uh, allergies to the grass. Is there a way that people could say, okay, they've gone to the vet, the vet says, yes, they have an allergy. Yeah, definitely. You can, you can put them onto a raw diet and 
I think, from what I've heard and seen, I think 60 to 70% of dogs improve. Okay. You know, don't quote me on that, but because that may not be factual, but that's what I've seen. There's a, um, a woman called Dr. Dobbs. I don't know if you've heard of her. Mm-hmm. She has a thing called Hemopet. Um, she's an amazing woman. You can go to her website, drdodds.com. Okay, so if, if somebody wanted to switch over to raw, if they, they know they have an allergy, they could try, tr- they could try raw, and it's not going to hurt the dog. I mean, it's either going to help or it won't do anything. It'll just be a better nutrition. Yeah, unless they have uh, an organ issue, you know, like kidney especially. Okay. Because it's high protein. So that's the only reason that you would not want to put them on total raw. Gotcha. You know, okay. but they'd have to discuss that with their vet. A lot of vets are anti-raw for whatever reason, I don't know. And then they're getting more on board because the public are educating them. Well, I think the thing about it is, is they all work together, you know, Mm -hmm. and you don't have to have all of those things. But, you know, having those things makes quite a complete treatment, whether you're doing fitness or training or doing the sport itself, you know. Yeah, I really like that. And I think that's a great approach. This is a wholesome approach that starts with the right type of food, nutrition. It goes all the way through training uh, mental stimulation, and then it looks at the body and makes sure that the body is healthy and and also can recover from injuries. That it's wow. That's a talk about a complete approach. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, I really my love of dogs right from tiny, you know, and eight years of age I started training dogs. You know, my <laughs> my mother always said when I left home, none of the dogs ever got trained because <laughs> 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 I was one that always did it. <laughs> You know, I get them to do all kinds of tricks and things. So, <laughs> yeah. so let's go back to um, when you got started. I guess you got started at eight. Was there a time that uh, that you professionally said, "Okay, I'm done with the humans. I'm going to work with animals now"? Um, no, that was. I mean, I've always done sports really with dogs, like dog training and dog showing. Showing dogs, I showed poodles, like my hair. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. It's completely natural. I thought as I ate. Great, but no. So anyway, um, I used to show poodles and did really well in England. And then I was a groomer. I I, um, was working in an office. And one day I thought, that's it. I'm done. And I walked along and I saw this. They called them beauty parlors for dogs in those days. And they said, oh, groomer needed. I thought, oh, I wonder what that's about. And I walked in and got the job. I started grooming. So then I started working for some of the top... um, uh, kennels you know poodle kennels in england in the uk and they're still going today actually they they spe- they specialize in black toy poodles and uh, so i learned kennel management and i learned all those things even though you know i didn't stay in that area i just showed you know just showed dogs so i've showed poodles and german pinchers they're my they're the two breeds i've showed yeah <laughs> yeah we saw some of your pictures are beautiful yeah. so in southern ireland i used to do um in fact, I won Handler of the Year there for um, working trials, which is tracking a 25-yard search square with four articles in it. And that can be anything from a piece of twine to a horseshoe. Um, and then you do a send away, which is the dog runs to distance wherever the judge tells you to go. And then redirects the dog, asks you to redirect the dog across the field. So that could be like a triangle shape. And then, you know, come back to you. It could be anything. You don't know. And the tracks are 
you don't know what the tracks are going to be. They're 1,000 yards, but you could have a Christmas tree type legs of 25 feet, you know, so oh my. It's, it's quite hard. And you have to qualify in an open trial, three of them, and win those before you can compete in a championship trial. And then you have to win three of those to become a working trials champion, Bog. And there's over 100 in the class, so the trials go on all week in the UK. Wow. Yeah. That's so, a lot. Yeah. So in that, they have, there's three sections to it, the nosework section, the agility section, and the obedience section. And they have to get 80% of marks in each one to even qualify, you know. Yeah. Wow, so, that's really demanding. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, and they have to do the track, which means they have to get three articles on the track to even to be able to go and compete in the, you know, the rest of it the agility the obedience and the send away you know all of that so yeah so the send away would be absolutely amazing absolutely yeah i, I was lucky because i i trained with some of the top trainers uh john rogerson which has written he's written a lot of books and he used to come over to the states and um i used to compete in trials with him and one time um i was uh, i was in a trial with him and i won on half a mark yeah because you get marked for each thing wow that's right. great and then you said you also showed in westminster yes uh, i showed one time didn't win um and then the next year a handler uh, took him and he won wow and he was also number one breed and all breed for two years in a row which was amazing really yeah that's very yeah, cool that showing because when they win their breed, they then go into the breed ring. And then um, when, they, when they're placed, one, two, three, four, they, they, get, they score points. And those points go towards what's called all breed. So Ty was the number one breed dog and all breed dog for two years in a row. So that was pretty cool. And I showed him for most of it. Wow. That I is showed pretty him impressive. He was a silver grand champion. And then the handler took him and took him to a gold. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. That's a lot of work. So Jan, where, uh, where can people find you? You have a website? I have a website and that's where people find me, but usually at events. Okay. And your, um, your website is fitwolf.com. Mm -hmm. And we'll make sure that there's a link in the description below to um, your website so that people can find you and um, look even more into what you do. There's a lot of great information on your website. Thank you. It's easier to write it than say it, I think, for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you have such a, a huge background. I mean, there's uh, all your titles take up half the page. That's yeah. absolutely yeah. amazing. In fact, um, my goal, and um, I would need other people to do it because I always worked on my own, um, is to start a canine gym in Phoenix. And what a, what a great thing that would be here for Phoenix when there are so many months out of the year where you really can't get your dog out and, right. and get them the exercise that he yeah. needs. That's, that's something very needed here. It's very, very needed. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so neat. Well, thank you so much for talking to us today. This is such a delightful interview. We learned so much. All thank right, you again so much. You're welcome. Talk to you later. Yeah. Hey, bye, now. bye, Jan. Thank you for joining us today on People with Passion for Pets. We're Jim and B. Walker, and we share the adventure of life with our dog Apollo and Heidi. For more adventure videos, check out our YouTube channel, Modern Canine Vlog, 
or visit our website, www.mcs.dog. And until next time, keep your paws on the road.